Good morning, everyone. This is the day the Lord has made. We will be glad and rejoice in it. join me in prayer. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you that we are able to gather together to worship and praise your name, Father. Just pray that you'd be with each of us that is here and let us feel your touch throughout the day. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, if you're able, I'd like to invite you to stand as we sing to God be the glory. up for Easter. It includes the egg hunt and all the other good fun stuff that goes on. 
and also time for children and their families to hear about Jesus, to hear about the reason for our faith. That is a great outreach, but we need lots and lots of help with that. And also our fish fries are coming up very, very soon. Lent is coming. We need lots of help with fish fries. Both of those events really do draw people from the community, and people start coming to this church because they've heard the word of the Lord through those events. Amen? So you want to be supporting those. We've got a couple other announcements for you. Our Angel Wings group is uh, collecting old purses. So if you have old purses in your closet, bring them in and put them in the, um, the uh, Angel Wings mission box in Mission Alley. Here's why they're collecting them. Haven House uses those purses to put personal items in, like little, little bottles of shampoos and, and, and lipstick and, and moisturizers and stuff like that for homeless women. And through Haven House, they're distributed. And we would love to have anybody who's feeling led to support that ministry that our, our Angel Wings kids are doing, please support that ministry. I have one other announcement. This is an important one. Not that the others weren't. Catch the Spirit's coming. Everybody say, Catch the Spirit's coming. Yes, it is our, our uh, district-wide educational and, and worship event. There are lots of really, really wonderful classes that are going to be offered. Um, Sue Wasewitz is teaching a class on hymns in worship, which is really cool. Lori Jagow is teaching a class on how to use social media to connect in the church and to be ministering to one another. But there are all kinds of, of, of classes. If you are a lay leader or you're in lay leadership, there's a class for you. If you are an SPRC member or another committee member, there are class, there's a class there that will help you to understand better your role in the church. There's all kinds of good stuff for lay people, for clergy. Yes, Linda? Registration needs to be in this week. Needs to be in this week. It's, get this, ready? 20 bucks for the day. It includes one all-day class or two half-day classes, a fabulous worship service, and lunch. How can you go wrong for 20 bucks? It's fabulous. There are brochures like this that describe the classes at the welcome desk. If we run out of brochures at the welcome desk, just shoot me an email real quick and I'll make up, I'll make up some more. I'll, I'll even email it to you. Yes? Amen? God is good. And all the time, God is good. I think we've got to do something with uh, prayer requests, don't we? And, and offerings and joys. And I'm joyful to be here. Are you joyful? Amen. Yes. We should have joys. Um, what joys would we like to share today? Yes, Melissa. Melissa has friends coming over. Being with other people and fellowship is always important. Anything else? It's a beautiful day. We're all here. Yes. Oh, awesome. Congrats. A new baby. Anything else? I'm sure we all have things we're thankful for in our hearts, and God knows them, even if we don't share them publicly. So now let's return our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings you give each and every one of us every single day. Help us to be appreciative of those. These gifts and offerings are just a token of our appreciation for all of that. Please multiply them and use them to further your kingdom here on this earth. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Okay, well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you because you are our creator and you're the great physician. And you want us to come to you when we have concerns. We know that you are the one that can answer those prayers and you know the best way to answer those prayers. You've heard many people lifted up here today but I'm sure there are others that we have in our hearts. So in the next moment of silence, we lift them to you. Lord, please hear our prayers. Answer them the way that you feel they should be answered because you know all. We only know what we want. You know what's best. Please be with the leaders of our country as they make decisions and this not so pretty political season is going on. Please be with the leaders of the United Methodist Church. General Conference is coming up. There'll be a lot of decisions to be made. And please be with Pendleton as we move on and start to plan our future. And please be with each of us during the week. Lead us on the path you want us to take and be the people you want us to be and spread your word to all those we can. We ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. And now let's hear from the word of the Lord. reading is from Matthew chapter 9 verses 9 through 13. As Jesus went on from there he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me he told him and Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and with his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this they asked his disciples why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not healthy. It is, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. morning, again. So, life goes on, seasons change. Matthew got up and left his tax collector's table. What are the things in your life that you have left behind as you move forward to follow Jesus? I know I am crazy about my kids. They are all grown up. I, I know you all know that. My youngest is 26 and my oldest just turned 35. I've got one expecting grandchild number one. Yay! Very excited about that one. And I am very, very grateful for as much as I have always loved every one of my children that I no longer have to change diapers that I no longer have to feed them with a little tiny spoon and have them spit it out at me. All those other things that go with having babies, which are wonderful people, as Chad will attest, (laughs) 
Having babies is a wonderful thing, but they grow and they change. And as they grow and they change, there are struggles and joys and challenges and wonderful achievements. And now I have adult children. What are the things in your life that have changed for you that you have had to leave behind? I left diapers behind. Yay. I also left some other things behind in my life. When I was a kid, I loved gymnastics. I also danced. You know this, right? I danced from the time I was a little, little girl. And when I was in my later elementary school years, my sister and I took up gymnastics. And we were good at it. And we enjoyed it. It was fun. Kathy Rigby was like my idol. And then came Olga Corbett. I don't know if you remember these people, but they were fantastic. And I loved it. But I also loved dancing. And I changed studios. It became apparent to me and my family and my sister that where we were, we weren't going to be progressing much farther. I was, um, I was about 15 years old, and I was in the most advanced class in the school, and there were only a couple of us, and we weren't going anywhere. It seemed like we kept working on the same stuff for like two or three years. And so I changed to a different school, and I got really interested in ballet. And my teacher said to me, well, if you want to be good at gymnastics, come here and take some ballet lessons because that will help you with your gymnastics. But if you really want to be good at ballet, you need to devote your time to that. You need to not be continuing with the gymnastics because they're, going to, they're conflicting techniques. And you're not going to be able to be good at ballet if you're going to be good at gymnastics. So I left the gymnastics behind, and I devoted my, my time to, to studying dance and, and to getting really good at that. But there came a time, too, when I stopped performing. I stopped dancing, not for myself, but I stopped dancing for audiences, for people. And I shifted my attention into teaching. That really is where my gifts are, in teaching. And I love teaching. But now, after decades, literally decades, of teaching children and adults, from the very, very beginnings all the way up to we're ready to audition for a company, I've shifted my attention to raising up teachers. All of these things, you know, I bet, and you know too, as you've gone through seasons of your life where things have changed, you're finishing one thing up and it's overlapping with the new thing that's beginning and eventually the thing that was is gone and the new thing is happening. And then it overlaps again. And this goes on throughout our life. What are the things that you have left behind? It was hard for me to change. It was hard to make those transitions. And I was reluctant. I resisted those changes quite a lot. But if we're going to grow, we have to change. We have to allow the seasons of our lives to come and to go. Often God does this slowly. But every now and then, there's a suddenly. A suddenly. I think I've shared with you part of my testimony is coming to the Christian faith as an adult and committing my life to Christ. That was a suddenly in my life. One day I went from someone who had rejected the church and everything that had to do with it to someone who said, oh my gosh, I need to be following Jesus. I need to start following Jesus today. This is the day the Lord has made. I got to go and rejoice in it. And that was a suddenly in my life. I suddenly got up and said, I'm going to follow Jesus. Matthew left his tax collector's booth suddenly. Now, in Matthew's day, the time of Jesus, it wasn't so much that he was likely a tax collector like property taxes and uh, different kinds of things like that. It was more likely that he was a toll collector like when you go over the bridge onto Grand Island. The area of Israel, um, even to this day, is, is and has always been a major crossroads for trade. 
from Egypt, from North Africa, across and up into, the, into India and Asia. From India and Asia, down through from anywhere around the Mediterranean, um, Italy or Spain, you know, what we know as those nations, Greece, they would come across the Mediterranean to the place that today we call Israel. So people were constantly going up and down these roads for commerce and also pilgrimages of all kinds. And so the Roman authorities, in an effort to make money, had put all kinds of toll collectors, tax collectors, on the main roads. Matthew was conscripted. He was a Jewish man who had been conscripted by the Romans to take money from people traveling these roads. Of course, the people who most often traveled the roads were the local people who had to get from here to there who weren't involved in all kinds of trade and making all kinds of money, but they were having money taken from them every time they had to travel somewhere. So tax collectors were not very well liked. In fact, as agents of Rome, they were often rejected by their community. They wouldn't have been welcome. Now, it also appears that Matthew hung out with sinners. In this time as well, and in that community, sinner would have meant somebody who's not following the law, who's not upholding the Torah, and living by the laws that Moses had handed down. Those regulations needed to be followed, and people who didn't follow them and were known to not follow them were not welcome. They were not welcome in the synagogues. They were not welcome in the social life of the community. They were expected to change before they were accepted by people. Now we know Jesus doesn't operate like that. Jesus meets us right where we are and then begins to transform us. Our lives become transformed through God as Jesus comes into our hearts. We don't know why Matthew suddenly got up and followed Jesus. He might have known. He was up and around Capernaum. That was where Jesus was hanging out with all of his disciples and followers. He would have seen the kinds of things that Jesus was doing. He might have heard about things. But that day when Jesus came up to him, he got up off of his stool and left his tax collector's booth to follow Jesus. When he did this, his life began to change. He began walking with Jesus and hearing him teach firsthand. He began to see the miracles happen. In Matthew's gospel, as it continues to be written, the next section of the gospel tells of a little girl who's raised. She was dead, and, and Jesus raised her. The bleeding woman who had, had had that issue of blood for all those many years, she was healed in an instant. He was there when that happened. He saw the blind restored, have their sight restored. He saw demons cast out. And then, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds that were around him, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And he called 12 disciples out of that group and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And these are the names of the 12 who were called apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out. 
He said, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Jesus sent Matthew and all of, Matthew, all of the disciples who were with him. Those he chose out. He sent them to do what he was doing. Matthew was there. He heard all those words. Matthew might not have been perfect when he went. But he didn't wait till he was perfect. He went because Jesus said, go. Even though he and the other disciples were warned too. They went out with a warning. I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Be on your guard. They might arrest you. People will hate you because of me. You will be persecuted. But in the middle of all of it, stand firm. He also gave them hope. He said, when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Growing. Growing into a disciple of Jesus is hard. You face all kinds of things that are difficult to come up against, especially in today's culture. But when we are transformed by Jesus, by God calling us and showing us the way to be saved, and we make the choice to respond to him and follow, that following carries this promise. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. The one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When we move on from where we are, when we move on into a different season of life, like Matthew did, we find there are things we have to let go of. Matthew first left his tax collector's booth to follow Jesus. Then he became a disciple in this big group of people who was following Jesus. After that, Jesus called him out among 12 others. Well, among the 12, he was one of them. While he may have continued to share meals with the sinners in his community, he was now doing it to reach out to them with Jesus, to show them a better way of life, to show them that he was transformed and so they could be transformed too. We don't know much about the specifics of Matthew's ministry. He was among the apostles and he was with the group after Jesus rose from the dead and ascended. We read about it in Acts. Now, Acts wasn't written by, um, by Matthew or anyone from Matthew's community, but Acts was written by Luke, who also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And we read this. In my former book, referring to the Gospel of Luke, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these people and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Jesus appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? 
He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of all the earth. After he said this, Jesus was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky where he was going when suddenly two people appeared dressed in white, and they stood beside them. People of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back, and in the same way you have seen him, go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem, from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. Matthew was in the upper room where it says they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Matthew, the story goes on to tell us, waited with the other disciples, men and women, and on the day of Pentecost, he, Matthew, the tax collector, the sinner, along with all of the other disciples, were filled with the Holy Spirit. And on that day, all of them went out with the power of God and did what Jesus had given them the power to do. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. They shared the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and were witnesses of the love and grace and transforming power of God. Eventually, the disciples all dispersed. There was persecution in Jerusalem. They feared for their lives, and they went out to all of the corners of the known world at that time. All things change. All things change. Matthew went on to form a community of faith that was founded in Jesus Christ. We know this because we have the gospel according to Matthew. But a church, a community of faith, even a community like Matthew's community, is not its pastor. The way the pastor represents Jesus Christ is what points us all to God. The way Matthew represented Jesus' teaching and witnessed to God's power created a unique congregation that ultimately produced the gospel we have today. Like many of the other writings we have in our Bible, Matthew, in all likelihood, did not actually write the gospel of Matthew. But the people of his church... The people of the church that he founded in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the inspiration of God, pulled all that Matthew had taught them together. They shared the stories. Pastors like Matthew share what God has given us with our congregations. Only so that they will have it to go out and share with others. That's why pastors do what they do. Whatever you or I have received from God through any pastor in our lives, I don't know about you, but I've had several, several pastors in my life who have ministered to me in, in very, very different ways. Each one, I have gleaned important things 
about how God moves and how God works in the world and how God wants me to be as a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm sure you've experienced that too. Everything that we have received through any pastor we have ever gleaned wisdom from, that stuff is to be shared with others so that they can receive it and be transformed too. God brings new people into our lives so that we can receive something new from God and continue on in the process of transformation to become who God intended for us to be from the beginning. There really is only one pastor. You know that, right? All Christians follow Jesus first and foremost. We follow him so that others will see to follow him too. As a pastor who was a layperson in the church for many, many, many years before God moved me into this, I have realized in my life, I don't want a bunch of people behind me following me. I'm not perfect. I'm a mess a lot of times. I make lots of mistakes. I say the wrong stuff. I mess up all over the place. And if people are following me and imitating my mess, they are not becoming good Christians. I don't want a line of people behind me following me. I want a bunch of people walking alongside of me that I am saying, there he is, let's go. And we're all following Jesus together. We follow Jesus first and foremost so that others will see and others will follow him too. Sometimes the church produces people who prefer to follow people instead of following God. When we do that, we get into trouble because we, we take on the characteristics of the person we're following instead of the characteristics of Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith, who is the one who is the only example of how we are supposed to live and walk in our lives as Christians. Amen? We are to follow Jesus to be transformed, and to point other people to Jesus so they can follow him too. I want to take time now. We're going to go to the table in just a couple of minutes. We're going to go to the table and receive what God has for us this day. And I want us to go with our hearts clean before God, prepared and open for the possibility that God might just begin a new transforming work in each one of us this morning. So let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I have not loved you completely. I have not loved my neighbor as myself because I'm not perfect. I've resisted the changes that you have tried to bring into my life. I know, Lord, that everything you bring to me is something for my good so that I can be transformed, so I can follow you better. So I can speak the word and see others transform too. Help me not to resist you. Help me to follow the leading of your Holy Spirit. And come together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. To follow you better. As you're doing something new in my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God loves us. He loves us so much that before we knew we needed saving, before we knew there was anything wrong with us that needed transforming, he sent his son to save us from our sins, which proves how much he loves us. That we can say to one another, in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. You know, God lends us 
to each other for a while. People come and go in and out of our lives, but we always have Jesus. I have a hope for this congregation and a prayer for this congregation, and that is that your relationships with one another, loving and caring for one another in Christ, are stronger than anything else in your life. I pray that everything that God has called you to do to minister through the work of this church is what binds you together as the body of Christ at Pendleton Center. That it isn't about me. That it isn't about anybody who stands up here and talks to you once a week and maybe teaches a Bible study. I hope that everything that this church means to you is about the relationships God has given you with the people who are here, about the ministries God has called you to do together, about the way you have grown and shared each other's fears and joys, sorrows and pains and revelations where you have grown together as the family of God. And when whoever is coming in to stand in this place comes, that you will recognize that that person has something new for you, something exciting for you, something that you need to be transformed and go on to the next season of your faith in Christ. Amen? Amen. That's my hope for you. That is my prayer for you. We must always remember to look to Christ who we always have with us, who will never leave us nor forsake us. And we must allow ourselves to continue to be transformed so we can bring the hope of transformation to others. It starts with Christ in us, the hope of glory, the church. So now we're going to ask God, through songs of prayer and praise, to transform us, to let that transformation start with us, so that we can go wherever it is that God has called us and do the ministries God has called us to. Amen? Will you stand with me as you're able?
loved and forgiven people of God. Let's share the peace of Christ as we prepare our hearts to come to the table. Christ invites all to his table of grace. All who love him, repent of their sin, and seek to live in peace as disciples of Jesus Christ. You don't need to be a member of this church or of any church. But if you have felt the presence of God, if you know that you are sensing the need to come to Jesus, to commit your life anew, to ask God, how would you transform me today as I come to receive from you? Then you're welcome at the table. Come. Jesus invites you. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere. To give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn, Holy Holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, that we might form the family of God together, that in our communities we might work together and play together and love you together. He delivered us from slavery to sin and death so that we could go out and do what he has done. He made with us that new covenant by water and by the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples saying, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. Again, he gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many 
for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together as the family of God the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of one loaf, the bread which we break. is a sharing together in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ together. Will those who are serving this morning please come forward? If you're able, we invite you to stand as we sing, Christ for the world we sing.
I know the announcement about my new appointment was made last week, and I was very excited that that was able to be shared. This will be my third appointment as pastor in the United Methodist Church. It'll be my fourth church, third appointment, and it's a blessing. And I am grateful. I I don't know if I'll have an opportunity between now and July 1st to say this out loud, so I'll say it now. I am grateful for every single thing that I have learned from all of you. I am grateful for the blessing you have been to me in my life, in my transformation and growth as a pastor. I saw this quote um, not long ago. Old doors close so new ones can open. Don't get stuck on what was just because it's hard to let it go. This will be a hard church to let go of, but you will remain in my prayers forever, and you're stuck with me till June 30th anyway, so. (laughs) Transformation requires letting go of former seasons and being open to what God wants to do in our lives now. That's how we become the people that God desires us to be. It's how we are saved and how we are able as the body of Christ together to bring transformation, the good news of salvation to others. So go in his peace, trusting God as we all prepare for the new stuff, the exciting stuff that God promises to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go out in glory.